Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. That's right. That's right. Welcome to the Shoot Arrow and welcome to Cheap Heat SummerSlam Week Cheap Heat. I am Peter Rosenberg. I, of course, am joined by S to the G to the G. You're hurting me. What's up, SGG? <laughs> What's going on, Peter? Don't forget Bear. Bear is in the house. I see. Uh-huh. Um, hopefully, I won't have to yell at him in the middle of the podcast, but I can't guarantee that. And uh, I do want to remind everyone we hope to see you this Sunday. Tickets are That's available right. at Eventbrite. Go and cop tickets to our SummerSlam Fiesta. Um, and we will hang out on Sunday. Doors 530. We'll stay for SummerSlam at 7. Um, so, SGG, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, does, is there a lot going on outside the ring this week? Um, I didn't see too much big news outside the ring. I know they revealed uh, that Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns would be sharing the cover of WWE 2K20. It's news of Jays. News of Jays, yeah, especially since they already revealed it on WWE. They started running the ad that I think they're going to be running for a long time if the other ads are any indication. Yeah. But this one I kind of like, though. Just the ad, you mean? I like the ad for the game. I haven't seen, like, graphics and video and gameplay. I mean, come on. At this point, you know every year the graphics are good. I mean, doesn't it always look good? It does always look good. But then, you know, they got to add some new features. And, like, last year they took out some features that I feel like I, I was missing. So hopefully they put in at least the option for, you know, intergender entrances, mixed tag matches. We got to get some mixed tag matches. In. Yeah, and these days, you know, you got to be able to give Becky a... Exactly, an end of days. An end of days. Um, by the way, before we move on, quick shout out to Ariel Helwani, the MMA uh, reporters. Um, this week he had guests on talking about the very controversial and annoying Colby Covington, who tries to act like a heel wrestler, but he's trash. But um, he told Ariel that he hopes to win a WWE title one day or a title, <laughs> a title in professional wrestling. Oh I didn't even know that God. until I just read this right now. Oh my God. Oh, my God. So that's something uh, for us to think about. I would definitely hate him. and um, I would say that his political stances probably won't work these days in WWE. Um, they they tend to stay away from that right now. But um, you can hear all about that and much more on the MMA Reporters Podcast. New episodes every Wednesday. Find it wherever you find your podcast. Shout out to Ariel Hawani. Um, anyways. He wants to be a WWE you, if, champion. If you've seen him, have you seen any of his stuff? Like, I have not. He's very clearly trying to be a heel. I've seen like his interviews, though. I, I don't watch his fights. But it's just like, you can't... I feel like if you're not a wrestler, you don't get to like say, I'm playing the heel. 
I'm being the bad guy. You're just a dick. Oh, now I have to edit that. Right, I'm sorry. Thanks a lot, SGG. But yes, I, I agree with you also. Um, yeah, especially if what you're saying like really makes a certain part of the audience feel personally about something and you're doing it intentionally to right, rile them. Exactly. But like, it's not a character you're playing. So, hey bear, how about you sit down? Do you mind sitting? Yes, he does. <laughs> you're just gonna walk and said, sit. How about you sit and go down, down? Can you go down? Get yourself comfortable? Ah. All right, what else SGG outside the ring? SummerSlam is going to Boston next year. Oh, it's a fish. It's official, uh, reported by the Boston Globe, confirmed by WWE. How do you feel about it? I have some thoughts, but I'll let you go first. Um, I mean, I'm fine with it. Obviously, they're not doing the New York, LA thing anymore. Um, it's not as exciting as Toronto. Um, where are they going to have it? At the Fleet Center? I have no I idea. Mean, um, I mean, the whatchamacallit? Bank? TD Bank Garden TD, or whatever? TD Garden? I think so. That's the only place to have it, though, right? Yeah, unless they were going outdoors or something, but I would assume that. Um, what's your Because what, would they do it at Fenway? No. That would Now, if they did that, then I think that was interesting, but no. You know what? I read the headline, and I was just like, ugh, Boston. So you're Boston's just- close, but I don't want to go to Boston for SummerSlam. No offense to... All my Bostonians who listen to the Cheap Heat podcast, but I mean, what is there to do in Boston? There's a lot to do in Boston. That's probably an unfair assessment. But um, it is going to be at TD Garden. TD Garden's cool. I mean, it's just a regular building. I was there for the Celtics playoff game this past year. I've been there many times for Celtics games. Um, it's cool. It's not special. Um, I wonder how long they'll do this in between. You know, not having a home for SummerSlam thing because they did L.A. and Brooklyn for so long. And do you think that SummerSlam being done at Barclays Center is like the direct reason for them now running MSG? Oh, I would, I would, I would have to assume so because I mean, it finally allowed them to come back to MSG and get on TV. I know it was rumored. I hadn't speak to anybody in the company that. MSG TV just got too expensive, so they ended up. Doing That's what I always heard too. Everything at Barclays. So, if the price is right and they were able to come down and get it back on MSG, because you have to imagine that um, MSG missed having WWE on TV coming from their arena. Like it had to sting every time they came from Barclays Center. Yeah, I would think so. I would think historically that would just be annoying for Madison Square Garden, and um, I'm ex- I'm actually really excited about Raw at the Garden. I am too because it's been home. so long. Yeah, and it's good. like you have to think they're gonna they're gonna want to make that show as big as they can. That's why I think you know. I, I would I would I would love to do something. I haven't even suggested this to the people at the network, but I would love to do some sort of special about it coming back to the garden and do something at the garden for the network. I think that could be fun. Who better than you too? Right? No, like, but nobody. But <laughs> then again, who would have been better than me to work WrestleMania? But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So. um you know, there's a there's a drop I have for that though. You're hurting me. <laughs> Thanks, Morris. By the way, I, I you should go listen to the Michael K Show podcast this week. I think it oh my was, god, did we get more Morris? Morris called I think on Tuesday. Oh my god! But for some reason he was he was not in the mood. We 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 play music every time Morris calls. Okay. Okay. And the beat we play. Is I'm a B by Black Eyed Peas. Right. And I just think it's hilarious. It just, every time we pick up from where, hey, Morris in Long Island, I'm a B, I'm a B, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a B, I'm a B. By the way, underrated Black Eyed Peas song. I know it's hard for anyone to say they like a Black Eyed Peas song, but. I like, uh, Joints and Jams, but well, that's before they. That's before. Yeah. This is the song that I think p- past the turn is still pretty fire. Um, but. This week, he was like, what's that song you're playing? He finally heard it. And we were like, wait, you've never heard that before? And he was like, what? And we were like, listen, this is the song we play every time you call. And we played it for him to hear. And it plays for like several seconds. And he says nothing. And then he just like angrily is like, can I talk? And we were like, (laughs) okay. It was an ornery Morris. I do not know why. The next time he calls, we have to find out what was happening. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Heel Morris is... A turn that no one would expect. Was he out of prunes? What was? What I, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Heel Morris is is Hogan <laughs> Hogan Bash at the Beach adjacent. 
It happened too soon, so I wasn't expecting it to happen so no, fast. No, I mean, we'll see if it's a permanent heel turn. Uh, that would be an unbelievable turn. Oh, my God. Anyways, uh, anything else outside the ring? Uh, no, nothing else from outside the ring. Um, all right, so I guess, I guess maybe today we should just handle things as a SummerSlam preview. It really doesn't feel like SummerSlam. Why do you say that? Does it feel like just a regular pay-per-view coming up? Yeah, it kind of does. Like, you know, and I, don't get me wrong. It'll feel exciting on Sunday to be at Legends and be with all these wrestling fans. That'll be, feel great. And I'm sure if you're going to, uh, the show in Toronto, it'll feel that way too. But it just, for me at this moment, doesn't feel that way. Like, it's too early in the year, too early in the summer. That is true. It's usually at least two weeks later. Yeah, this is usually end of summer. I just find it strange. So it feels more like a random summer pay-per-view. This is like Vengeance. <laughs> summer, summer Madness. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Summer Madness, the new pay-per-view. Um, all right, so, yeah, I guess we should just go through the card and handle it accordingly. Okay. Now, a match that I see is not on the card, or a person not competing on the card, I should say, Roman Reigns. He has nothing for SummerSlam, but he almost got uh, murdered on Monday. And then it was revealed on Tuesday that it was Rowan who has been orchestrating these attacks. By the way, I really, I, I, I felt like a fool because on Monday when Kevin Owens was complaining about, I'm sorry, Samoa when Joe. Samoa Joe was complaining about, when I hear, when I say complaining, I instantly just say Kevin Owens. When, when, when Samoa Joe was complaining about being blamed and they showed the footage, I instantly noticed Rowan walking with a hoodie for the first time. Same, and I don't know if they edited that. Did, like, or did they edit that? I don't know. How did I never notice, or was I just looking for it now because I was waiting for the story to turn? I don't know. But I noticed it for the first time, too. And, like, last week, I feel like I definitely saw Buddy Murphy. But then this week, like you said, I, I noticed Rowan just in the back, just walking away. So they've acknowledged that that's what happened, but we still don't have a match. Correct. And Daniel Bryan is denying it, too, because, I mean, if you saw the way that uh, Roman Reigns got that piece of evidence, he did have a point. You know, Daniel Bryan, after the show, WWE released a, a video clip of him saying, like, if somebody pins your head on the wall and says, uh, give me a name, you're going to give a name. Now, Rowan just happened to be the name that Buddy Murphy gave after he found himself in that situation, but... Are they going to cop to it? Who knows what's going to come Again, this is just a weird situation where you have two huge stars potentially having a match at SummerSlam, and it's not advertised. I mean, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, you could argue, is the biggest match on the card. Yeah, they, and they would definitely turn it up. Like, they would tear the house down. They'd blow the roof off the place. Like, it would be... So if that's, a phenomenal match. if that's happening, it's not promoted. Roman Reigns doesn't have a match promoted for SummerSlam. He does not. I just don't understand that logic. I didn't get it with John Cena and Undertaker. I don't get it now. I just feel like I get it. We all have the network. We're going to watch anyway. It's not the same as the days of promoting a pay-per-view. But still, I just feel it's weird. Like the card should say Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. I mean, they're going to make Gol- uh, Dolph Goldberg a big deal. And then Seth Brock, of course, would be main event no matter what. But I really think it would be the second biggest match on the card. In, in my opinion, probably the maybe the best. But you know, Of course the best match on the card. And of course, like you said, towards the top of the card. Although Kofi of, Randy should be very good. It will be, but I mean. But it's not as exciting a thing to see. No. So, so, um, so we start there with a match that's not announced that we assume will be announced. Hopefully some type of confrontation. I mean. I love Roman, but it has been entertaining him watching entertaining watching him uh just barely get murdered on last week's SmackDown and this week's Raw. I wouldn't mind another uh, little attempted assassination. So, uh you imagine that if this match does happen though, Roman's going over. He has to. He has to. Yeah, I it would be impossible for me to see Daniel Bryan who they don't and It wouldn't even be Daniel Bryan, like I said, uh Rowan. If it's Rowan, if it's Rowan, he has to go over. Well, if it's Rowan, that means they're building to him and Daniel Bryan, and it's going to take longer. Which I don't mind. Which I don't mind if you're going to make it play out at Survivor Series, or they'll probably just do the next pay-per-view. What's the next pay-per-view? Something in September. 
I do not remember. I what do that not is. know what the next pay per view is. Whatever. It's it's payback vengeance. It's it's elimination vengeance. <laughs> Everyone with vengeance in the title. <laughs> Chamber of secrets. It's the Chamber of Secrets. But yes. By the way, if anyone in your life, you know what, I, when, <laughs> Morris? If what? anyone in your life changes, you just start calling them the fiend. So when Morris called this week, it wasn't Morris. It, it was, was the, the fiend, fiend Morris. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could handle the fiend Morris era. Oh my god. He's not the regular Morris. He now is I, like you're hurting me. I see. I see. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. Oh, oh! I'm sorry. Fiend Morris. I can't handle Fiend Morris. No, the Fiend Morris. I cannot handle it. All right. So, um, so okay, we don't have a match there, but we will probably get a match, and Roman Reigns will probably win that match no matter what. Yes, and then onto the actual card. You have Drew Gulak versus Oni Lorkin for the Cruiserweight Championship. You do not look excited about this match at all. I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on with that or that I have an interest in it. So um, that will be me talking to someone while eating wings and taking a picture or two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's my guess. I can say, I can say that these are two of the more talented wrestlers. Very good wrestlers. On the 205 Live roster. And I mean, it's two or five live. They, that that roster stacked. Everyone can everyone can work exactly. So they can all go. It's going to be an enjoyable match, even if it's not one of those matches that you're looking forward I'll to. I'll pick Drew Gulak. I will too. I will too. Um, whoa! Down here they have Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair at, on the towards the bottom of the card. You have to think that's probably the biggest women's match on the card. The well, other two are titles matches, but this one is like. By the way, and one of those matches is going to end up on the kickoff show because they also have the tag titles, right? The tag titles are not on the show, but you know we had we got two new tag match. Excuse me, we got new tag champions on the first ever Jewish woman's tag team champion, Alexa Bliss. That's right, that's right, Alexa Bliss. And we got a great email earlier. Oh no, you know, do I have to do it now? It seems so appropriate. You might, you might have to. Because I don't think I think I'll just do mail as it's appropriate, so it's the right time. Mail. Um, let's see. This is this is my favorite. It might be my favorite email from the week. And we have a lot of email this week. Lordy, I have not gotten to all of it. Um, Dean says now that. The WWE powers that be have elevated Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross as the faces of the women's tag division. It's only a matter of time before they package the new champs with a dynamic, highly marketable name. So what's it going to be? The Odd Couple? Double Cross? I'm skipping across here. Tell me how you feel about this name. Oh, hold on. We're, we're, I have to get there. Let, let him get there. Star Cross? Better. But Star still doesn't do justice to the undeniable superstar known as the Goddess. In the end, the clear choice is a neutral crisscross of Bliss and Cross. Bliss Cross. <laughs> Bliss Cross. Bliss Cross is hilarious. I do not mind. And his and his subject to the message was Bliss Cross will make you jump jump. <laughs> That's hilarious. I I work with a gentleman named Brian. Okay. He suggested that now that they have the championships, you know, Nikki Cross, since aligning with Alexa, has become a little bit more normal, more toned down. But now that they have the championships, that um, Nikki Cross should go crazy again, mm. and then they could really be called uh, Twisted Bliss. Uh, but the, but the thing is, they wouldn't do that because she because her her move's called Twisted Bliss. Yeah, well, they did it with the Viking experience. Well, let's not change let's... the name of the move. Male. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that. Bliss Cross is Bliss Cross is <laughs> Bliss Cross come rolls off the tongue very quickly. <laughs> Bliss Cross is hilarious. I'll never forget Bliss Cross. I, that's what I I love it. Um, Philip writes us, and he, the subject of the email is Summer SummerSlam on Tish above. Hey Peter and SGG, been a long time listener, to Cheap Pete, even before Greg joined the show. Uh, bop bop This email is for Peter because I wanted to say how much I enjoyed last week's episode. It was the most Jewish episode ever with Dip. I never thought I would hear a conversation about Herring and Peter singing his Bar Mitzvah Parsha tunes on a wrestling podcast. I might be one of the Jewishest 
I can't believe I just typed that, fans of your podcast. And unfortunately, I won't be able to make it to your SummerSlam viewing party because it is the on the fast day of Tisha B'Av. I grew up on the Upper West Side and went to Hebrew Day School right next to Schwab House. Um, that's a building in my neighborhood. I recognize... Um, blah, 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 blah. I go to shul at Lincoln Square Synagogue on 69th in Amsterdam and would love for you to come to a kiddish where we can eat. <laughs> Greg's, when Greg hits the out of control laugh, I mean, you act like you, he's, you know, why did that make you laugh so hard? Finish me the email. Um, where you, where you can eat schmaltz herring, kogel, and coolant. I don't even know what some of these words are. He's waiting. He told you he was the Jewishest. Uh, he is the Jewiest. I, people don't like to say Jewy because it's a, seen as an offensive term, but as a Jew, I feel like I can say it. Have a couple of friends in Shul who would love to discuss wrestling with you as they also listen to Cheap Heat. Keep up the major work, Phil. Phil, you are the Jewish MVP of the podcast. <laughs> and maybe I'll stop by for a it. kiddish. I feel like you should. Um, here's another one. The Mast Shootler. No, the Mast Schedule. <laughs> Mail. I was thinking shul because of the email. Jew here, and like your pal Dip, was introduced to wrestling by a maternal great aunt. I loved her, and we were talking about wrestling for hours. Loving the shoot arrow. Regards. Another one from Jacob. Mail. Hey, Peter. Jew here. Listening to Cheap Heat, checking in. I guess 20% of your listeners are Jewish. Love the Cantor impression. Hilarious. Best Jacob stutter. I would say higher than 20 Either, I, I, that's what I said. Much higher than 20. I, I feel like we're more like 35. Nah, I'd say like 45. No, now you're going very high. No, I, it's... It, I, you're going very New York-centric. Once you get outside of New York... Jewish people live everywhere. But not in the same percentage at all. You're from here. You don't. You have no idea how biased you are. There are so many more Jews here. Like... So you're saying once we go international, it brings down the average? Yes. You know how low a percentage... Watch this. Siri, what percentage of the world's population is Jewish? 0.186%. That is absurdly low. I cannot have... 0.18? Let's see. Siri, how many Jewish people are there in the world? In 2018, the population of the world... No, no, that's 7 billion people. What? That's the whole world. No, man. Yeah, see? No, that's... 7 billion? I think that's strong. (laughs) 7 billion, yeah. How many people in the world are Jewish? You have to ask it a different way. (laughs) Siri, stop listening after a while. 14 million... Out of, out of, seven billion. out of seven billion, it says it's 0.2%. But when it says 0.21, does that actually mean 2%? No, that means, it means 0.21. 0.21, yeah. You're smarter than I am, Greg. Let's go to, except for about wrestling opinions, cause yours are insane. Let's go to the calculator real quick. Uh, seven, I don't know how to write billion. <laughs> it doesn't fit. That's 700 million. You can't do 7.5 billion? I don't even know how to do it. Seven. Seventy-five million. Seven hundred fifty million. You can only get to seven hundred fifty million. Yeah. So what did she say was the number for um, total Jewish people? Fifteen million? She said fourteen million, right? Yeah. So let's drop zeros. Do seven hundred thousand. Here we go. And then a hundred and forty thousand. No, seven hundred million and one hundred and forty thousand. Seven hundred million. Yes. Divided by one hundred and forty thousand. Yes. Five thousand. But you got to percentage it, though. What do you mean five thousand? I don't know, Greg. You listen, series right? <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of Jews. Was by no, the way, okay? that's the point. we're not doing well that's here. The point. Listen, the, I went to law school to avoid math, and then I come to cheap heat podcast and get a well, impromptu you, calculus. You test. definitely avoided math. You know what you didn't avoid in law school? Jews. So it's <laughs> no, not. So yeah, that's why your numbers are skewed. But anyways, thank you to all the Jews who sent emails enjoying the me and dips. Very Jewish conversation on the show last week. Sean, 
wrote another one. He said, Gentile opinion. (laughs) Male. Grew up on Long Island and partaking, listening to Jewish conversations, one of my favorite things. This was wonderful. We'll be sending to my non-wrestling Hebrew brethren. Untapped audience. Shoot Arrow has been great. Glad to hear you relaxed again and on the wrestling tip. Um, lots of one ep teasing going on lately. The people need to know how many beats do you get to this email address? Shouts to Grammy. Sean, one ep scene is coming back. The official announcement of date, location, and all that coming soon, very soon. But Juan Epstein is one officially coming back. Well, by, bigger and better than ever. By location, are you hinting at some sort of uh, video format? N- no, no, I'm not. It's not going to be video. Um, just like where it will, how it was will be distributed. Okay, okay. Through what so like channels? ITunes, Spotify, whatever. Well, it's going to be all that, but also just like you know, we've we've actually teamed up with people this time. We're not just doing it willy nilly. The way I've always done things in the past. Um, anyways, this sounds sounds amazing. It's exciting. Yes. So so anyways, Bliss crossed. So they're not on the card. Not on the card. I thought that was rushed. By the way, I would have liked to. I thought that was. I was like not paying attention to the beginning of the match, and I thought it was like a contenders match because was was Peyton, oh obviously Peyton and Billy were in it. So yeah, I guess they when got I, eliminated first. They so yes, yeah, so when I started watching, they weren't there. So, which I liked, by the way, I liked that they got the champions out of there, and then it was just like, who's going to get the titles? Exactly. Um, no dice for the Kabuki Warriors. Um, also, I thought there were some good spots in that tag match. I thought if you want to know why Alexa Bliss is so dope, the the second to last sequence of the match when Alexa Bliss caught the hot tag, mm-hmm. and so did um, Kyrie. Kyrie. Their sequence there when when. When Bliss was just bumping her ass off for Kyrie Sane, the crowd goes ballistic. And I, I liked how Nikki Cross had uh, Asuka trapped in the apron too. Yes, I, I enjoyed that. So, um, cool thing. I'm glad they're doing something with Bliss that's meaningful. Um, and I mean, maybe they could finally be the ones to elevate these tag titles, Who right? Because the, they made the Iconics thing. They didn't do any. I don't blame the Iconics. They just didn't do anything with them. Right. Could be the perfect time for Boss and Hug to come back. And have something but, meaningful. But Bailey's got her own championship to worry about. Well, for now she does. Um, also, so quick aside, I listened to the Hogan Austin podcast. Now, this didn't come up much here, but in our Jew World Order, it got rave reviews from Goldstein, an unabashed Hogan mark, and Zach Linder, an unabashed just old school wrestling mark. Um, and I just want to say... That and I haven't gotten a chance to argue with Goldstein in person about it yet. <laughs> um, now I'm looking for. But I do want to say that I thought that there were interesting parts. There were parts when he was talking about sort of like actual wrestling logic and like just says little tidbits about why he did certain things that were cool and made sense, and were just interesting to hear from his perspective. Um, and also Austin's great. So hearing Austin's input on stuff is great. But I really hoped that it would be like a version of Hogan we haven't heard before. And it was the same Hogan put himself over. And he puts himself over for two hours. Buries people when there's no need to do it. You know, the same old thing. He's like, you know, I'm, I don't want to get heat for this brother, but, you know. So hold on. Did he bring Brett? Did he say any? No. Did Brett? Okay. No, he did not say anything about Brett. Um, and, and he said a couple things where he said, you know, he made a mistake, you know, here or there, but not really. For example, here are the things he completely put himself over on. In talking about Warrior, first of all said that it was, it was, uh, he wanted to turn heel afterwards and attack Warrior when Warrior was walking down the ramp. Now, don't get me wrong, would have been fire. Would have. Would have been fire. If that was a real idea, that's a great idea. But, you know, he was like, I told Vince I wanted to be Hollywood Hulk Hogan. He made it sound like he had that idea back then. He's a liar. Pitched it to him, (laughs) and Vince said no. He's a liar. Then he goes on to just say, and this part's probably true, but I don't know why the need to say it. Then he's like, and you know, afterwards when Warrior had the title... You know, all the boys would look 
to see whether they were doing Warrior Show or my show, and they all wanted to be on my show because my shows were still selling out and Warrior couldn't sell with the title. Why? It may be true. Probably. Why? What's the point? Like, you need us to know that you're over, bro? Like, this is this is fundamentally the problem with Hogan, and it's the problem with a lot of people. But it's like... And and listen, I've been a victim of it too, of 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 or a perpetrator of it. The same thing in terms of just being insecure and feeling the need to put yourself over all the time. Like you're Hulk Hogan, bro. Like you're. Even if I said last week that Hogan that Austin is now the man forever, when you're talking about eighty four to ninety one, you don't need to put yourself over. Right. Like it's it's taken care of. Let the his let the history of it. Be the history of it. That's why Hogan talking ends up not being good because he always – that was just one example, but he did it throughout. Like he would just find ways to put himself over more, say that he came up with the idea, say that he – you know, this would have been better if I had gotten to do this, but I couldn't. This person – I don't believe – I don't believe that at all coming from him. Like when he says – I had the idea for this. I don't believe it. Let me. I don't believe. I don't that take for a second. I don't take Hogan at face value on anything relating to any of that. Now, one interesting thing was Austin talked about. They both talked about how bummed they were to not work together, and it but was, didn't Stone Cold not want to work with him? Though? And, and, and Austin says that, and it's interesting because Hogan wasn't able to then take credit for not doing it. <laughs> Austin <laughs> right. was like. You know, I was in a place in my life where he's like, I resented you. I resented you at WCW when you came back. I was like, why does this guy need to be here? And then he was like, in retrospect, he was like, I understand why you want it, why it made sense for you to be there. But at the time, I was just like, great. I can barely make it on the mid card. Now I have Hulk Hogan coming up. So knock me down another peg. And he basically was like, yeah, I always just kind of resented you and didn't really want to do it. But then they went head to head and he got Hulk Hogan. Like he got WCW, all of them out of there. Austin yeah. got like, but, but but apparently, then I guess when Hogan eventually came over, he still didn't feel like doing it. You know, he he still held on to some part. That's kind of what he implies. It's like he just didn't want to let go of it. But how good would that match have been? What would that have match have been? It's very hard to picture how that story. I mean, listen, I have to think there's a way they would have made it good because at that point, Hogan was still so over when he came back to WWE. Austin was still so over. I have to think it would have worked. I mean, Rock Hogan turned out to be, in my opinion, beautiful. It did, but I at the same it. time, like... But Rock Rock fits with Hogan in a different way. And Rock wasn't, like, as worn down as Stone Cold. No. He was not. And no. He, he was in a much better place to bump for Hogan. Um, that's for sure. So, so it would have just been like a broken down Hogan, like a very broken down Hogan and a sort of broken down or breaking down Stone Cold. But Austin was still having what? a good match then. I mean, when, well, as long as Austin was working, he still looked good in the ring. Like he may have not done, been doing his best stuff, but he still looked good. I find it amazing, though, to look back and think that Hogan was able to do what he did in the rock match because physically – when you think about how far removed he was. Yeah, and messed up back, messed up legs. Like, the only thing I believe about Hogan probably, and he still adds to it because he's Hogan, is how physically messed up he he was and is. Well, um, yeah, for sure. Like the that, leg, uh, that leg drop really did probably take a toll. The leg drop destroyed his lower back. Like, if you watch the leg drop, it is shocking. That a guy six seven three hundred pounds is in the air as high as on the leg drop. When I was a kid, I didn't think about it that way, and I watch it now, and I'm like, he's really parallel to the ground, like five feet in the air. Yeah, and he's he does everything to try and protect himself, but there's nothing you can do. Like he has um, his outside hand, like sort of parallel with his legs to try and take some of the impact off. That there's nothing you can do. Uh, there's just not much you can do. So yeah, it was there were cool parts of it, and it's just cool hearing them talk. But if you were looking to like like Hogan more, which I kind of I guess I always am, you know, the part of me is just like always wants him to make it right, always wants. And him to And I'm just more. gonna say that's the thing. If you if you listen to Hogan for anything, it's just like where we are with him now. It's just you gotta either be like, oh, I accept what he did and I can mess with him, or I accept what he did and I can't mess with him because he's never gonna say the thing that is like. Because he doesn't accept what he did, like he right, and it. even though he's had private conversations with people, it just doesn't. I don't feel like he had it with me, right? right exactly. I don't feel like he had it with us. But you know, listen, I I still 
am interested in the stories because of how important he is. It's just he's not a person to trust telling the stories. So it's good to get his history because you can get proper order of stuff and understand where he went and who he knew. But like – by the way, OK, little thing of bearing that I found to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> dude, why would you say that? He's telling a story about Savage. Another and, guy who can't say anything back. And now also what I've noticed is in the years since Savage died, Hogan puts over their friendship so big. So big. Now, I know they were close, and they and they definitely worked together a lot and knew each other well, and I know Elizabeth was friends with Linda Hogan. Like, I know those things existed. But, but Hogan, at some point, the relationship broke down. That's also a fact. Yeah, oh, no, and he says that. And he says that they they were not friends for years. But he puts over their friendship to the point that, in an effort to show how close he was with Savage, because let's be honest, I think he realized when Savage died how mage Savage was. Like, he probably knew he was mage, but he's like, whoa, people really love Savage. Of course, which is a thing he should have known from the 80s, because it's just like, those, my mother never watched wrestling, doesn't care about it, whatever, but she knows Hulk Hogan, and she knows Macho Man Randy Savage. And so he goes, he's talking about how close he was with Savage, and he goes, you know, you know, I was friends with, you know, he was my best friend. And I was like, best friend? That's strong. What about Brian Knobs? What about Brutus Beefcake? What about Jimmy Hart? You know, I'm like... <laughs> And he's like, you know, Beefcake used to run around because he went, to, he was, you know, I was friends with his brother and he was the younger brother and, you know, we wouldn't let him go anywhere because he was too young and we'd be like, hey, we're going to go out tomorrow at 9 a.m. and then we'd leave at 7 and he wouldn't know. And he was like, you know, so we always ran around together just because he was like a sad puppy dog. Beefcake? No, 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 I'm not kidding. He goes, he goes, he was like a sad puppy dog, you know, but like, you know, our friendship was just superficial. Savage what? was my best friend. I'm like, bro, do you know how bad you're burying Beefcake? <laughs> oh, he was a sad puppy dog? Bro. Oh, and, then the and, and Beefcake responded. And you're hurting me. I mean, I was just like, do you not realize? And then another part that's insane. He talked about how, oh, who was it? Someone in AWA started dating Vern Gagne's daughter. Oh. And he goes, I'm lucky I missed that bullet. He goes, I dodged that bullet. I was lucky because, you know, Vern wanted that to happen. <laughs> I've heard him tell this story. He goes, Vern wanted that to happen and I dodged that bullet. And he goes, you know, she was a, she, she had an amazing body, but she looked just like Greg in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and then he's like, I'm going to get a lot of heat for that. Oh, you don't yes. say. Yeah. They're all alive. Greg's. Oh. I assume his sister's alive, and Greg's alive. Oh my god. Uh, so there are things like that, and, and then the, to be honest, and there's a bunch of stories you already know. Like we all know the story of Vince flying into Minnesota, Minneapolis. Linda picked him up from the airport. Mm-hmm. We've all heard. If you've listened to stuff, you know those stories. So Austin did a great job. Um, but as I, the part I, w- I would argue with Andrew about is that he, I, I just don't think it's so much Hogan posturing and I wish he didn't like if I ever was to interview him again, the two things I would do is one, get him to apologize publicly and cleanly and see if he does it. And two would be put Hulk Hogan away, dude. Can I please talk to Terry? He, but he has no like Terry, Terry's dead. Terry's dead. son. Even like, you know. Rick Flair got mad at Shawn Michaels for saying he doesn't know the difference between Rick Flair and Richard Flair. I have no idea. I wouldn't I'm not in a position to say, but with Hulk Hogan, I feel very comfortable in saying that Terry is gone. Is he's done. Cuz he spent so much time cultivating this image but then also making sure that he was in front of a camera to be this person like when did it go off? Never. And how could it when you when he looked like that? Right, and he's moving around in the eighties and nineties. Even today, he's one mm-hmm. of the most recognizable celebrities in the world. Even the old version of him, because he keeps the hair and he keeps and the, the bandana and the bandana, he and the glasses. You can't. We've all seen him in person. The sec- <laughs> yep. You could see him from a hundred yards away, and you're like, "Holy ish, that's friggin' Hulk Hogan." So, if you've been like that for thirty years, thirty-five yeah. years, yeah. I just don't see how you don't get it's lost. He's playing, locked in. Been playing a character for 35 he's years. He's gone native. He's it. There's no That's t- it. Terry, not- Terry is. But anyways, I say all that to say, go support Steve Austin's podcast. Get your opinion on it. But I didn't, I didn't think. And then even later, little things like, oh yeah, you know what? Uh, Twitter, I don't even know what that is. Really? You oh, tweet. Right. 
And he goes, yeah, you know, uh, Instagram or Facebook, I don't really use that stuff, you know, but I got a guy who does it, you know, I've got like 10 million followers. I don't know if that's good or not. <laughs> really, dude? You don't know if 10 million, goes, I don't have any, he goes, I don't know, I, I'm sure I don't have as many as guys like you have. How many think Austin has? Austin probably has around 10. On Twitter, you think? Let's see right now. It, yeah, let me see what Austin has, because I think it was a stunt. I can't tell you what Hogan has. He has me blocked because I reminded him. Uh, Hogan blocked you? Of course he did. That's amazing, dude. How did we not? Have you never talked about this on the podcast? No, I don't think I have. Hogan blocked SGG? Hogan has me blocked. Oh, my God. This is the name of the episode. Hogan blocked SGG. <laughs> the people need to know. I did not know. I, ne- I never told you this even on the side that I got blocked. Did, you, did he write back to you at all or he just blocked you? Oh, just a straight block. Just a straight block. What did you say? What was the line that did it? He, I forget what Hulk he Hogan's tweeted out. Hulk Hogan's worse than Hitler. I forget what he, t- no. <laughs> I forget what he tweeted out, but then, like, I just quoted him to him. Like, you said this, so what are you talking about? Oh, and you, well, let me guess, you quoted something he didn't say in the ring. Right, exactly. It wasn't what you're going to do, because he told me what he did. He was going to block you if you bring it up to him. <laughs> what you're going to do, brother, because I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to block these eggs. <laughs> block. And Greg is not an egg. He has a full picture. Stone Cold has 4.5 million. And he probably has a couple million on Instagram and a few million on Facebook. So Hogan probably has the exact same numbers or maybe even more than Austin. And he's like, I got 10 million, brother. Is that good? Come on, dude. You've been tweeting for years. And he even admits right after that he does his own tweeting. So what are you saying? I just, he just lies nonstop. It just never ends. And when I, when I picked up that 800 pound giant, He's a, he's a narcissist. He should have been narcissist. Yeah. They want to turn him heel, just let Hogan come in as the narcissist and then do that for a second. He'd get to slam Yokozuna and then fade away. It's interesting. Him and Vince must have had such an interesting relationship too because Vince has a lot of qualities that are, I'm sure, not uh, easy. And I'm not saying he's never lied to people. I'm sure in business he has. But I don't think Vince McMahon is fundamentally a liar. I, th- I think I th- in, in terms of the stories you hear about him and talent, his word has always seemed to be pretty good. Yeah. Now, there's the Brett story, of course, and that's – if that, That's extenuating circumstances. That, that is like, extenuating circumstances. I, as, but as, like you, you get the sense that when Vince shakes your hand on a deal, that's the deal. Yeah. And Especially when you hear so many people take the time to talk about how like he, he goes through the effort to Jedi mind trick you. Like, he goes through the effort to, at least when you walk out of the door, you're convinced that his idea, whether it's actually good or not, is a good idea and that you should do it. Like, at least he sends you out of the door happy with what he tells you is going right. to happen. Right. Um, so I just I wonder about their – I wonder what they're like now, too. Um, and, you know, Vince, definitely you could say he's forgiven because Hogan tried to put him out of business twice, failed twice. And he still has, like, a home. In WWE. And maybe that's just how valuable he is and what he's worth. I mean, at least they still think that. I don't know if he still has the same value that they once did. He did. There was a time when the value... I mean, listen, I'm watching 2000... He definitely did until that tape came out. I guess, you know, this is the thing. You know why you're right? And I'm watching 2005, as everyone knows. I'm into, like, mid-May. Still enjoying it, Mr. America? No. No, 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 no. It's, It's when he first came... No, this is after... Mr. America, this is when he came back in 05 and the, and the Shawn Michaels thing is first. So he's tagging with Shawn Michaels. When he comes back and has his first match at a random backlash, backlash 2005, Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels against Muhammad Hassan and Davari, that place is bananas in 2005 mm-hmm. still. I mean, everyone has Hogan signs. We came for Hogan. Remember, he had just done a run. <laughs> yeah. He had just done 2003. Yeah. Like, he had not been gone long. He had been there, been back for several years, disappeared for a while. When he came back in 05 and could still at least work enough, because um, him and John had pretty good stuff too, he could still work enough. He was so over still, it actually t- takes my my takeaway from the reunion and makes it even sadder. When I was saying Austin is the man now, mm-hmm. because it should have been Hogan. You you ruined that. He it did. really like Austin's run has been amazing, 
and he's number one for a reason. But if it was based just on popularity as a wrestler and you didn't include anything else, the sustained overness of Hulk Hogan over 30 years, you know, it faded in the early 90s, came back in 96, and from 96 on, he was still over. At the end of, at, at the end of WCW, started fading again, but the whole company faded, so it's hard to really, <laughs> it's hard to really blame. <laughs> one, one I can't blame Hulk Hogan for WCW getting bad. I mean, everything was bad. He was part of it. His booking himself and the he, whole he, company faded sounded harsh, but that's what, that's what happened. I mean, it happened. That's what happened. So he really ruined it. Cause watching in 05 to see how over he still was. And also, here's a treat for everyone. You want a treat? Raw, May 2nd, 2005. They have the, I think it's, I think it's that episode. They have the, the gold rush tournament to get the number one contender against Batista. Shelton Benjamin versus Shawn Michaels. Oh, is that the super kick one? The infamous? Yes. When oh he, my God. when he, when he springboards off the rope across the ring into the loudest super kick of all time. Yeah. Let me tell you something about, we were talking, me, I hung out with Damien from Viceland last week. Nice gentleman, really good guy who did that, uh, who did the show with the wrestlers on Viceland. I was hanging out with him and Brian Mann, um, who used to do a, uh, I've talked about it here before, but used to do a podcast called Keeping It 2000 about WCW 2000. I think you can still find it. We were all watching wrestling and talking about Shelton Benjamin and what Shelton Benjamin could have been. So much potential. And it's disappointing too because Shelton Benjamin was in that OVW class with, uh, it was John Cena, Cena, Batista. Batista. Brock Lesnar uh, Brock and Brock and then Shelton Benjamin and, and Jim Ross always says that Shelton basically had the most potential of the group or certainly the most athleticism and you see what everybody else has done and then it's just like and, and it's weird I, I wonder what the story is because I, I'm in watching 05 I can't say he didn't get a push he's they he's in everything he's on all the time he has the IC title for a long time feuding with Jericho Matches with HBK, like he's smack dab in the middle of the show. Gets the mic, get, gets matches. I don't know what happened over time. Is it, was it, do you think it was the mic skills that held him back? It, it definitely, listen, the mic skills didn't help, but he should have gotten the right manager and. Yeah, not the mama thing. The mama. No, no, no. The mama uh, thing was not good. Grandmama, the, the fake bootleg grandmama. That was not it. It was funny and silly but it didn't help and him. it was like she was a recognizable black actress she was very famous oh she was who was it Bia Vidal I mean famous suggests she's fa- black people knew exactly who she was so you can't pull her him like oh this is Shelton what's Benjamin's. she famous from she did comic view she had her own oh, TV oh, oh, show and was she and and that was her character no but this she, she played different characters her. but it's like an actor who's known in a community you can't just have them be like oh and this is my son it's like no, that is not. It's a clear actor. Yeah. Got it. Right, right. It's a known commodity as an actor. Right. She's like, Ugh, okay. Yeah, you have to just get the random person, you know. Um, but we were talking about, I'm trying to remember the comparison because it was very lofty. Brian, Brian's suggestion of who Shelton Benjamin could have ended up sort of being. It, it, it was very lofty. The thing about Shelton was he was big enough to compete for the world title. And athletic enough to be an IC, like he just had everything. He did. He, he just, except for the mic, he had everything. And um, I wish he was still getting utilized more, and we got to see some stuff. I was telling Dipperson, I'm like, he was Ricochet before Ricochet. Granted, Ricochet may be a little more precise, and it's more wrestling based. But for just sheer freakish athleticism, the running up the ropes, fl- springboards true. across the ring, it's true. He was just sick. And you know what, too, now that I think about it, who uh, who you could throw in that pot to, um, to Cole Scorpio, but they just like, don't, they don't go to the next level for whatever reason. They just hit that. Yeah, Scorpio, but, um, Scorpio got there a little bit later in his career. Yeah, right? and they flash funk. They didn't have to do that to him. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, all right, let's get back to the card. Although <laughs> I've, yes. I've thoroughly enjoyed this 30 minute aside. Trish Stratus versus Charlotte. How are we are now already at 50 minutes in and we've barely done. <laughs> no. Okay, good stuff. All right, good. All right, let's move along. Trish and Charlotte, I'm assuming, you know, I was going to say I assume Charlotte, but it's in Toronto. That's why I feel like it should be Charlotte. And I mean, realistically, all things considered, it should be Charlotte. I mean, it should be Charlotte unless they have another story 
lined up for Charlotte and some a baby face could interfere somewhat in some way. But see, why would a baby face interfere? I know, but I, I know that, but it goes against logic. But because yeah, it would have to be a baby face who has a real reason. Right. Because baby faces can cheat if it's justified. The baby face can cheat and then we justify it. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> Even if it's not justified, we find a way. We do the mental gymnastics the, for them. Hogan biting people. All the time. Breaking the, the back. back <laughs> All the time. Like baby face with the occasional eye poke. It's one of the things I love about wrestling. It doesn't make sense, but you cheer it anyway. Yeah. Like I, I like it. So listen, I have no idea what Trish looks like. One thing that's ridiculous is they, they said she was having a match on Monday. She didn't. She didn't get tagged in. No, she didn't have a match Tuesday. Nope. You know, I really am curious. I, I know she worked Evolution, but not like this. No, this is just her. She she can't hide on the apron. And and I can't. You know, I've been wa- again. I'm watching 2005. Trish was really great for that era, but this is a whole. She's not Charlotte. Game. This she's is not a Charlotte. Whole different game. And that's what I was gonna say too. I mean, Trish, best woman in her era. You know, right up there with Lita. Her and Lita, yeah. One one A, but at no point would you have considered them best wrestlers in the company, no. and that's what makes Charlotte and Becky and Sasha and even Bailey like different in that when you're talking about how good they are, you're not talking about how good they are as women or like working the certain style that women had to be confined to in that era. It's just like no, they are like top ten. Period. I don't know if everyone you named is, but some of them are. Yeah, right. Um, Charlotte definitely is the the best women's wrestler, hands down. Not even in just this company, across. Uh, but you know, it's interesting because I have heard people say about Charlotte. I think I've alluded to this on the podcast before, and I don't. I'm not saying I feel this way because I don't know enough about it. That Charlotte is a little bit more planned out, and everything requires a little bit more work. It doesn't have the natural you know that's how wrestlers judge each other a lot is how easy can you just jump in the ring and work which is fine but as a but that fan, doesn't matter as a fan exactly as a fan i care about that finished product because you know what they said the same thing about randy savage i know Some, it didn't matter for the finished product exactly and, and and how many different things can charlotte do well in the ring when you're watching she has such a deep move set like it doesn't feel like you're just waiting for the same few things because well wasn't she like a cheerleader or a gymnast or something like yeah. that like yeah she's so um so I say I feel like it should be Charlotte. I'm gonna go. It with makes Charlotte. sense to be Charlotte. If you, if Charlotte needs a little heat back, let's be honest, right? Because what's the point of her going into a match to define or decide who the queen of all eras is, and then lose and to then someone lose who's to gone. Trish, and then have Trish step out, and then why? Who she's already in the Hall of Fame. She's reached the highest height that she can go. Charlotte's on her way. Let's continue to build the queen. I agree, Charlotte. Charlotte just needs to touch up her mic work. There's just something a little that doesn't connect. And it's not for lack of effort and it's not saying it can't be good because it can be. But there's something that doesn't completely connect. I feel like she's trying to come across as like condescending. It's too much. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a little just trying too hard. It feels performative. Like Yes, she just needs to like really... ease back a little bit and be... It's just not who she really is. I, that's just... She's not... It's hard when you're like a but Her a last sweet name person. is Flair, so she gets pushed right. into that. And um, she's also like so much bigger, stronger than the other, but it's the other women you, that she can't be babyface. But it's funny because you realize Flair just lived the gimmick more. Like he was an insecure guy. We know how it eventually turned out for him. Like he was an insecure guy, kind of always playing this part, but he lived it constantly. So you just, he knew it so well. With Charlotte, she just seems like a more relatable person in real life. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to pull off being so mean. Um, anyways, I digress. Next. Goldberg, Dolph Ziggler. I will say Goldberg. <sighs> Begrudgingly. You know what? I'm not going to say Goldberg because for the, sa- the same reason why Trish should lose, Goldberg should lose. He should eat a super kick. Dolph Ziggler needs but Dolph does, but something. Dolph do Ziggler about, needs something. But uh, does he? Or is Dolph now just getting used to make people hot, which is working all right. You know, he got Kofi from one thing to the next. He'll be able to work great for Goldberg. I think it's an experience to make Goldberg look great. It's an opportunity. I'll I'll go Goldberg. Yeah, I'm gonna go Dolph. Uh, against my better judgment, I'm gonna go Dolph. Just because, like I like I said, Goldberg doesn't need this. Doesn't deserve it. You know, it'd be fun. It would be fun if he somehow did something to cheat a bit. You know, brass knucks, old school. 
hurts Goldberg and then really starts like killing Goldberg and HBK comes out and it builds for that, which would be more interesting and make more sense and was sitting right there, but we didn't do it. Yeah, it was sitting right there and even the reveal of Goldberg, I felt like still would rather be HBK. Yeah. When he's like, it's not me and everyone starts cheering. I was like, what are you cheering for? I wanted to boo right then. When he was, I was like, I was like, well, maybe they changed their mind and it's HBK and he's like, it's not me. And I was like, what? Yeah. Why it, sh- is it, it should have been, especially when you think about how Raw went off the air with Dolph eating a super kick. Even more. It's like, okay. HBK and Dolph is right there and you know that's going to be good, but all right, whatever. We'll take it. Goldberg. I'm going with Dolph Ziggler. I know I just threw away a prediction, but you did. You did. You threw it in the garbage. <laughs> I'll take the win. It's, uh, AJ Styles versus Ricochet singles match for the U.S. title. Mm. I don't care that much currently, even though I'll enjoy the match. I don't care about the story right now, but I will say Ricochet. The story seems to be boosting up AJ and the... That's the main story is the OC. The, the OC a thing. And a real threat. Right. And at the same time, it it, it serves to boost, boost Ricochet because he's having a story with AJ. Yeah. I think the title going to stay where it is. You know, the OC is not going to sit back and just let Ricochet get one up on AJ. So that's a really good point. You're going to get one back on me right there. Thank you. I'll go Ricochet. Finn Balor versus The Fiend, bro. Oh, Wyatt. The Fiend Morris? The <laughs> Fiend Morris is going to make an appearance. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Bray here. Yeah, that's a no Bray nerve. Wow. Ooh. Fantastic. And, man... I don't know. It feels like the Bray thing could be great. It feels like it's lost steam to me. You think so? I don't think no, so. No? You're still excited? I'm still into it. I see people still pop for it. I don't know. It's like it's gone slower than I expected. It's like it started out slow, and I appreciate that, and then it sort of stayed slow. We're finally getting a match now. Which when- is good, though. I mean, you don't want to exhaust this. And Yeah, I guess if you see too much of it, it kind of right. goes away. Which is why I'm also glad that we're not getting the demon versus the fiend no, just not yet. not yet. Because, you know, two years ago at SummerSlam, we got the Demon versus regular Bray. Bray's got his persona. He's going to get his win back. And I wouldn't mind them teasing this out. And then we get the Demon versus the Fiend somewhere down the road in a world where... But isn't Finn taking off? He is. But the Demon is still undefeated, though. Good point. So, so if the Fiend can be undefeated for a little while while Bray comes back and takes some L's... There is a world where the demon and the fiend could come in and fight, and they both be undefeated, and then we get. Well, I don't think we're going to see Bray. I think we're only going to see the fiend. Yeah, Bray seems to be stuck in the Firefly Funhouse. Yes, no, it's it's going to be just the fiend for now. Um, all right, what else you got? Uh, there's also Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon in an I don't care match. <laughs> um, no, I, don't, I want KO to stay around. Yeah. Um, KO. Yeah, KO. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm over this story. Really? I know, I know what it's supposed to be doing. It's not doing it for me. What is it supposed to be doing? Uh, I, I get, I get he's the rebel defending everyone else in the company and telling everyone how much we hate Shane McMahon and we're overexposed to Shane McMahon and look how realistic it is because people feel that way and he's saying it. I just, <laughs> I'm cool. I've seen, I just feel like I've seen Shane and KO forever. We have though. It, the we roles have. have been reversed. The role was, in reverse, we already saw this. It was, Babyface Shane defending his father against evil KO and Sammy. I've seen this. And now it's evil Shane the, also still defending his father against uh, Babyface KO. But. Yeah, I'll go KO. I don't, I, I, listen, I'm sure we'll see if they pull off some stunts. I'm, I'm also, I'm not that into KO stunner. No? I don't think it he works. He has perfect form. I know, but when he does it on the table, it just doesn't seem effective. It just doesn't seem to totally work for me. And well, a stunner on the table is not effective. It, it wasn't work. effective when Austin did it either. It's like it's the same move no matter where. It, right, you it are because you got to break through the, table. the table. Right, it doesn't mean anything. But uh, I'll go KO. Bailey versus Ember Moon singles match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. All right, um, Bailey. And Ember Moon. Um, this match was thrown together very randomly. Um, it's not exciting to say that the match is happening because I wanted to give you an opportunity. Right. I'm just never into that. Um, I will go Bailey. I just don't think there's enough story here for me to grab onto anything. I will go Bailey too for that same reason. It just doesn't make sense to, uh, to go a different way with it. Yeah, uh, 
Listen, Dip said last week he thinks Ember Moon may have the best finish in the company. Um, she's got a ton of potential. It's just still, it's still coming together who the character is. Who, who is Ember Moon? You know, has a dope song. Yes. Sticks her tongue out a lot. Too much. A little bit too much. Um, unique look. Unique look in every way, really. Um, but we still need a reason to care. Still needs to be given a reason to care besides that she's a good wrestler. So, um, you know, this could be a meaningful moment, though. So we'll see. That was Bear, everyone. All right, what's next? Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Guys, you want to hear the most pathetic sound in the world? Poor Bear, because thunder's happening. What's wrong, bud? What do you want to say? You want to say something to the podcast? I wish you guys knew how cute and sweet his eyes are. What is it? No, <laughs> nothing to say. Great, this is a picture you should take for the pod. This should be a picture for the podcast. Me trying to interview Bear. This is this is this is one of the saddest attempts you'll ever see at an interview. That's right. It's me, Mean Gene. What's that? What's that, Bear? Bear, no, listen to me. Don't look at Greg. What you never want to look at the camera. I want you to look at the camera, Bear. Oh, nothing. Okay. So that interview Bear failed. no sold this whole interview. <laughs> and you guys just listen to me sitting in front of a dog with a microphone. That was like a Shelton Benjamin promo. Oh my Shelton gosh. Be- Shelton Benjamin, what do you think? But no, the recent oh, promo. Oh, you just compared him to a corgi? Listen, no. On the mic? This this is like those promos that they do where they ask him a question and then Shelton Benjamin makes a weird face, looks around and says nothing. That's been his thing for like three weeks. Oh, 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 got it. So we can call you Shelton Bergerman. You almost got me canceled, P. Oh, my. You were like, I didn't mean you were saying something crazy. I just meant <laughs> saying you didn't have mic skills. <laughs> and Bear doesn't speak English. <laughs> he understands English. You're Shelton Bergerman. All right. So Randy and Kofi? Yes. Randy and Kofi. Um, I just don't see this being the time. Um, I think we get a really good match. I don't think it's the time. I don't think enough has happened. All right, guys. Stranger Things is happening now. This is now Stranger Things. <laughs> if that was thunder, it did not sound like thunder. That was really strange. This might be the end, guys. Hopefully, we'll see you on Sunday. No guarantees. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is, uh, Ro- is Rowan trying to get us? Is Rowan trying to murder us right now? Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Okay, buddy. I'm almost done. So um, you might have gotten that one. You might have caught that clip. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I just don't think enough has happened here um, for this to be a reason to move on. There's a Kofi dot coming. It's it's not time. I do appreciate that they've tried to build that history and let us know that this is more than just a champion versus a random challenger. But I agree. Uh, but it is that. <laughs> it, but it's Randy Orton, too. At any time, he can just be popped into the main event. I disagree with that philosophy, but that seems to be how – they feel about him, and they've done it many oh, times. Oh, I see why they feel that way, but it doesn't do him any favors. It just doesn't help Randy. No. Make it mean something. I wish Randy would get out of the Viper vest and put on the old crappy 2005 slacks and shirt and become <laughs> oh Legend God. Killer again. Yeah. All he has to do is kill one legend. All he has to do. And he's right back Shawn in Shawn Michaels, Goldberg, all he has to do is hit one of them with an RKO, and he's Legend Killer again. And he's right back. Guys. People listen to this podcast who I know work there. Legend Killer Randy. That should be what his last or whatever late run is. The right. Viper is boring. He has the same moveset either way. You still get the RKO. You still get everything. But Legend Killer and making him a person is so much more fun. No bear, Especially don't Especially if you're going to insist on bringing back part-timers as much as they do. Right. At least make it make some sense. Make some of them run through Randy and then they can't. All right, what else? I gotta get, I gotta take care of this dog. Becky Lynch versus Natalia, Raw I, Women's Championship submission match. I, I just don't see it being, again, same as Randy and Kofi. I don't see the reasoning behind it, except it's in Canada. Kind of weird that you already have Trish having a match for the same reason, it seems like. And she's a lot closer to home in Toronto, whereas, uh, Natty's from way out in Calgary. I'm gonna go Becky Lynch. Um, but I'm happy Natty's getting the match and I think they'll have a good match. I'm going to go Natalia. Whoa. 
Okay. Should I not have gone to Italian? Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> the sounds we just heard is making me say you stay back your lunch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Italia. Right. Statalia picks Natalia. Exactly. The Hearts do re- really well at SummerSlam. You know, Brett and Heart the, and Soul. Brett and the Anvil won the tag team championships there. Bret Hart beat Mister Perfect. Did there. Brett beat Undertaker or lose to him? He beat Undertaker at SummerSlam '97. There, there you go. Heart and Soul. Mm. Okay. I mean, this is our time. Natty won the SmackDown Women's Championship at a SummerSlam. I'm going Natalia, and then uh, finally we have Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, Universal Championship. It was a it was a really pathetic Seth Rollins this past Monday. It was, and it uh, was sad. The crowd abandoned him, and I feel like that promo would have been fire if the crowd was more into it. But he was just like silence. They were sad, and he was sad, and it was sad. It was just it was not good. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's. I think it's probably going to be a Brock win for the end of Seth and Brock for a while. I think so, too. I mean... At least for a while. He'll eventually get it back, a win back, but I don't think now. Right. And I think they can't do this forever. Hey. And people are not going to like to hear this, but I mean, what else has Brock done since this run where he's come back and just beat on people? He's come back specifically to disappoint the WWE Universe. Every time you think somebody's going to get right there and get past him from Joe to Braun to Roman many times, Undertaker, he puts him down. Cena. Yep. Triple H. That's basically what always happens. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, AJ, everybody. Everybody catches it. Rollins is just going to add his name to a And Rollins list. already beaten him before. Right. So It's well, an illustrious list, though. You know, he's going to be in good company, but he's going to hold that L. We are so that is it. We're we were gonna we're gonna see you guys. Do you have uh, black power rankings? I do not have black power rankings. Perfect. We're gonna, save I, that. we're gonna save that for legends. Oh, we'll do a legends one. A SummerSlam, maybe all time SummerSlam black power rankings. Oh, I like the way I like where your head's at. And because we got to talk SummerSlam, um, on we got to talk some SummerSlam history on Sunday as well. All right, Bear is freaking out. Bear, take it easy, man. We're, I'm gonna take care of you. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself a little bit. Take it easy, man. And we're gonna see you guys Sunday at Legends Eventbrite for tickets. Five thirty or doors. Be there. Hang out with us. SUG. Oh yeah. And what did I forget? Stay mage. Stay mage. That's right. And uh, don't don't forget this either. This is a very important fact. You all must remember in your life. Are you ready? Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. <laughs> It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the major state. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce Shout out to that guy Greg. Red Heart is the Professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby.